Hi, I'm Sharon Vaughn, and you're listening to MCO Woe, a podcast giving you a look inside the hearts of the women in our communities, encouraging you to quit comparing and start connecting. Today, we talk to a woman who has survived some of your worst fears, from kicking cancer to rebuilding her life as a teacher post-hurricane and pursuing her own true crime podcast passion. She allows us behind the mask for a glimpse into her story. Hi, we're here today with Cindy Biddle, and I'm really excited to share her story with you guys because um, even though we have only had the chance to really meet and interact briefly, it was during a really impactful time here locally right after Hurricane Michael, and that's really just the tip of the iceberg of the things I know that we're going to share with you in this podcast. So I would like to introduce Cindy to you. Hi, Cindy. Hello. How are you today? I am really good and I'm just super excited and energized that you're here and you know you're taking the time to to do this tonight. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thank you for asking me to come on. Yeah, you're very welcome. So, if you if you don't mind, um just share a little bit about yourself, tell tell the people listening, uh, you know, what what you want to share about your story and then we'll go from there. Okay. Um well, like she said, I uh from Panama City, Florida, and we just recently had the anniversary of Hurricane Michael, which I met you shortly after that. Um, But during this time, I had actually, I had um, scheduled an appointment to, I was seeing a doctor for my, um, I had a lot of nerve pain in my face. And I had already had a um, reconstructive surgery and about with basal cell carcinoma. To where they actually had bows on my face and they took a substantial amount that um, when I had the forehead flap and all this stuff. So that was in 2015. So last year I was seeing a neurologist about the nerve pain and we just couldn't really figure out what all the pain was. So probably two weeks after I went, after Hurricane Michael, I actually went to Gainesville um, to US Chance, US Health Chance to see a uh, neurosurgeon to see if I was a candidate for for a uh, radio frequency test, or not test, excuse me, procedure that would actually burn the trigeminal trigeminal nerve because that's where it seemed like the pain was generating from. Well, that doctor, who was an amazing doctor, but I drove four hours for a five-minute appointment. Wow. And he just basically came in and said, hey, nice to meet you. You don't have trigeminal neuralgia because that is something that's kind of like a brain thing mm-hmm. that your brain does something that makes you have all this pain with this nerve because you actually have trauma to the trigeminal nerve. Well, in my world, that sounds like the same thing, yeah. but, and I was like, okay. And I was by myself <laughs> and he said, but we need an MRI to make sure that um, that basal cell hasn't come back, that tumor's not back. And I was never, it didn't even cross my mind. That that's what it was. That, yes. And I was like, okay, thanks. And he's like, so we, we don't have enough time to do an MRI here. So I'm just going to give you a prescription for one. And you just take it to your local MRI place and get one done. And I didn't even think about it. But I'm like, I don't think we have any MRIs left. Right. They're all <laughs> that, closed. I mean, everything's wiped out. Right. Well, and Bay Medical has the largest magnet here in Panama City, and they were totally destroyed. Yeah. So I 
went back to my neurologist and he who was temporarily housed at another neurologist's office because Gulf Coast was destroyed. His office is at Gulf Coast. Um, so another a neurologist here in town actually has an MRI machine. So I had the MRI done and then I never heard anything. So probably like a month went by. No, no, no. I didn't even have the MRI until New, until New Year's Eve. I remember I had it done New Year's Eve day because I was like, I have to have it done this year because of insurance. Right, so, right. You know, I didn't and know this deductible money. and all this. Yeah. Yeah. So it was probably, we'll say February. I called my, my neurologist and said, hey, I never heard back from you know, about that MRI. So his, so then his wife called me and said, Hey, can you come in? And of course I'm like, like now, like tomorrow. She's like, yeah, like tomorrow. And I was like, great. And uh, so then my neurologist actually called me right back after I said, yeah, I can be there. And he was like, listen, I'm just going to, this is what they found. They think they found something underneath your scar tissue. That could be the basal cell. So I immediately called my dermatologist. And he actually picked up the phone and called the radi the radiologist who read the MRI. Okay. And he said, "Listen, Cindy has extensive scar tissue. Are you sure that's what you're seeing?" And he said, "Yeah, this is something deep underneath the scar tissue." So my dermatologist, who's phenomenal, um, said, "This is beyond me. I can't even biopsy that." So. He sent me to an oncologist here in Panama City who actually sent me to Shands again. Okay. So that's how I ended up back at Shands. And um, within like a few weeks, I was back down there and they were like, they, they couldn't even biopsy it because of how deep it was and where it was located. Mm-hmm. So I saw, a radi- I saw a radiation oncologist who said 100% have to have surgery to cut is to cure so we're going to take it out then we're going to have to radiate and then so I have an oncologist down there I had three ENTs one who removed the tumor one who followed the nerve to make sure that the tumor wasn't in the nerve and then one to do the reconstruction um, which clearly I haven't had done yet <laughs> That's the next phase. So just for people that aren't watching this on YouTube, um, Cindy is wearing a mask that's kind of like, you know, covering up any of the damage that's been done cosmetically t- due to the the surgeries and biopsies and all of the stuff that you've had done to your face. This is on your face. I mean, we're not talking about hidden under your shirt or on the side of your leg. I'm, I mean, is that protective or is that just for your own comfort? So you don't have to um, explaining everything everywhere you go. It's kind of a little bit of everything. Um, I wear gauze. I don't actually have any gauze on at the moment, um, but I usually wear gauze that covers the the hole, basically, because I had a partial rhinectomy. So mm-hmm. they took probably a quarter of like almost half, but not all the way. Let's just say they took a quarter of my nose. On but the right, they took on the part of your side. nose, which is basically the feature that you see on a person first, right? It's, yes. you know, and, and it puts things into perspective growing up. I always, you know, as a young girl, I was like, great, I have my dad's nose. It's like, we call it the Benjamin honker. 
And it's like, you know, but when I hear what you're going through, I'm like, well, you know what? I'll take a nose 10 times this size over having to go through what you're going through right now. And that's really scary. Well, I mean, I, I think I've, I've done pretty well with wrapping my mind around, you know, because it could have been a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't expecting to have to take so much of my nose until they actually, until a third day of surgery and they got me in there and they realized that it was actually worse than what they thought it was. Cause it wasn't just isolated in one area. It was going up my nose. Mm-hmm. So um, they actually had to shave a little bit of the bone up here and down below my nose. And when I had it, and because my lip was kind of, the tumor was drawing my lip into like a snarl before mm-hmm. to now they've pulled it down and kind of sutured it in. So it's kind of droopy. Oh. So where it was really high before it's droopy now, but okay. they did that because I went through seven weeks of radiation over the summer and radiation can shrink the skin. So they didn't want to take too much skin and then not have enough to reconstruct. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and I have elected not to have reconstruction surgery on my nose. I'm actually going to um, have a prosthetic nose. Wow. So next month, hopefully around Thanksgiving, they're actually going to take the tip of my nose and the other ala, which is basically the outside nostril. So they're going to take the mm-hmm. tip and the whole right side ala, all that like this. So because the prosthetic it will be my old nose. Really? So they'll look at pictures of you? Yeah. I sent them a bunch of pictures from all different angles, smiling, not smiling. And um, the guy at Florida at um, UF apparently is like a a master at this. Wow. So they don't want it. They want it the same size as my original nose. So they have to take more or the prosthetic would have to go over all of that. And I really would like have a Groucho Marx going on. All right. So one of the things that kind of stands out to me, you are in the middle of finding out possibly that you have cancer again, or that your tumor is back after, you know, being in remission, I guess. And, and all of the hospitals and your doctor's offices and everything are closed because of a devastating hurricane that, you know, everyone's displaced. And so you can't even, you're so helpless. And what was it like for you? I mean, going through that, trying to put your life back together and also really save your own life at the same time, what was going through your head when you had to go and figure out what to do in that situation? Well, we did have to move. Let's kind of, I knew that basal cell carcinoma is the number one reoccurring skin cancer. Really? And the type that I had is called infiltrative. So it was like picture like an octopus Mm -hmm. with, you know, tentacles. So infiltrative is like that. So it spreads out. And when they do the Mohs surgery, they only do the Mohs until they get clear margins. Mm -hmm. So they could have landed between one of those tentacles Mm -hmm. and we just didn't know. Right. Um, even though I'd had several biopsies done after, but because of where this tumor actually was located, any place that we did the biopsy on the outside, it didn't, it didn't come back showing positive um, for basal cell. So, because it was down underneath the scar tissue, and yeah. then it was kind of like on the inside of my nose. 
but we weren't biopsying the inside. Right. So, you know, so how long ago were you, when were you first diagnosed with the basal cell carcinoma? Like what year was it? 2015. Okay. And so this is now three years later that it's coming back. Mm-hmm. When you, um, I mean, I know, no, hope this isn't a stupid question. Is it just, is it something that comes just due to sun exposure? Um, for the most part, basal cell, yes. Okay. And I mean, um, it can be predisposition to skin cancer, period. Okay. But basal cell is usually due to sun exposure and mm-hmm. sun damage. So that's really hard and scary too, living in Florida where you get a tan just walking to your mailbox to get your mail in the morning. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Has that changed the way you live in general? I mean, like the way when you go to the beach, do you cover up completely? Do you like avoid being outside? How does that work for you now? Um, I've actually only been to the beach once since. Mm-hmm. I've been to the pool a couple of times, but really it's cover up, cover up, cover up. I mean, yeah. hats, I, hats, umbrellas you know, lots of sunscreen, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Oh, when you filled out your, your questionnaire, you said your biggest fear was death. Yeah. So how is this, I mean, for your stress levels, when you hear the word cancer or carcinoma, I mean, you, that has to run through your head and, and be pretty scary for you. What tools, have you found any tools for yourself to, kind of settle yourself down when you're starting to stress out or you go down that rabbit hole of like, okay, I've got to get on the road. And, and if something happens between here and there, it's all going down and what's going to happen to my kids, blah, 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 blah. Like, what do you do for yourself to reel it in and keep going forward? I think I'm just so used to that being kind of a, a trigger for me that I find, I kind of just can talk myself down. And I'm just like, there's anything you can do about it. Stop worrying about it. Sometimes I tell myself, well, maybe I wouldn't be worried about it if something like that was going to happen. Yeah. You know, I'm like, maybe I'm just worried about it for nothing. And I just kind of, I just really just talk myself because it's, it, I think about it and I kind of start to panic and I get worried, but then like the day of, I just get in the car and I go and I'm fine. You know, I'd listen to my true crime murder podcast on the, yeah. all the way there or, you know, or I'll, you know, just figure out what I'm going to listen to. Distract yourself. You kind of like put your yeah. mind somewhere else. Yeah. So you had, you, did you feel like yourself the entire time physically, aside from being stressed out, obviously with all the other stuff you had going on? You know, I mean, I was tired at first, but you know, I mean, I got a little depressed being away from my family, mm-hmm. but other than that, yeah, I was fine. I have more skin issues now because radiation is the gift oh. that keeps on giving. Yeah. Than I did then like during the treatment, you know, we were actually really impressed with how well my skin was reacting. Yeah. Now that I'm home, it's just, it really is the the gift that keeps on giving. Is that local? Did you have it locally done? I'm not sure how radiation works. Does it happen locally to the area that was affected or does it happen on your whole body? Uh, No, it's just the area. So they did um, from about here, the bridge of my nose, under my eye and out. And then my entire, down my entire top lip and then kind of like really close to my nose, the entire nose. And then just kind of straight up. Okay. Right there. And, um, Can you describe what that process is like when you're going to have radiation treatment or therapy done on your face? Can you describe what that, what, what kind of apparatus is it? What does it look like? What are they doing to you at that time? 
Well, um, I had to get a lead mask fitted for my face. Mm-hmm. So when you hear that, you're like, I mean, all of these things go through your mind. And then, cause my, the oncologist in Gainesville said in like one breath, save the eye twice. So I had to be fitted also for a lead contact. And that kind of freaked me out about in your lead eye. contact in my eye. So, I mean, I was thinking like crude, you know, lead just cut in the shape of my eye and rammed in in there, but it wasn't like that at all. (laughs) Okay. Like this little cap that Mm -hmm. um, is coated in silver and they numb your eye and they put it in. Okay. And so it, it, it was nothing compared to what I was setting myself up for. Right. Um, I think I was more stressed out about the lead contact than I was anything else, but they took a 3d, uh, printer like, um, thing and ran it over my face. Like I was laying there and they just took it and they were doing like this and it printed out my face. That must have been really cool and weird to see. Yes. Cause I'm like, that's my face. (laughs) That's it. Like, uh, did you get to touch it and hold it? And wow. They told me I could have brought it home, but I didn't. Leave that. Um, So I get fitted. What they do is they, then they take a piece of lead and they beat it around. They cut out the part. They drew on my face and they cut out the parts where the radiation was going to be. Yeah. And, um, so every day when I would go in, I'd lay down on this table and I swear this was the oldest radiation, radiation machine probably in the state of Florida. <laughs> so, um, they, so I would get, get in there and it would take more time to get me ready than the actual radiation. Really? So I'd lay down, they would put these uh, numbing drops in my eye, put the contact in and they would actually like tape it to my forehead, like a little string, the string where they would pull it out. Mm-hmm. And then the radiation was like three minutes. Really? And then he would come in, he would take the contact out, remove the lead, put some saline drops in my eyes, and I would come back the next day. I'd have to you wear just... a patch for about 20 minutes because my eye was numb. Mm-hmm. So if I, because um, if something got in my eye, I wouldn't be able to feel it. You had to travel several hours. Your family can't stop living and doing what they're doing. So you're essentially going through all of this on your own. How did you keep them in your, you know, presence when they were so far oh, away? Oh, yeah. I would, um, I would come home on weekends. Okay. Um, but there was like three weeks that I didn't come home. Like the last three weeks, I didn't come home. So that was the toughest. Yeah. But I would, I, I would call them and FaceTime them and, you know, because it was the summer. So I knew that I wasn't, they weren't doing anything. Yeah. So I would, you know. You, you just made me think of something, um, you know, you have a mask on and, and I'm sure sometimes you get looks. Oh yeah. Do people ever, adults are the the worst. And you know, I always say sometimes people stare so loud and Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, would you rather someone just look and look away and you're like, okay, I know why they're looking at me. Or would you rather them say like, Hey, I'm just curious. Why do you have a mask on? What's the, what's the appropriate reaction for someone to have? Um, I don't mind at all if someone asks, because then that gives me a segue into wear sunscreen, you know, um, but twice it's it's, because I shop at Publix, Mm -hmm. but, um, one day a lady said, is there something that you know that I don't know? And I'm like, I'm sorry. And she's like, your mask. I was like, no, no. Before I could say that I had some surgery and I just haven't, you know, I had skin cancer. The guy behind me said, oh, she's just trying to, trying to keep you from getting sick. And I had a shirt on that said, um, cancer messed with the wrong girl. 
that day. So I had it on, I turned around and I looked at him and I like, and I was like, I'm sorry, but I am not sick. And, but I wanted to say, I'm not sick, but you might be. Okay. Now, I've had some, um, I've had some women stop me and they're like, I'm so glad you wear that. You never know, you know, and I don't always tell them why I wear it. Right. Um, um, I've had some kids and I've had parents are like, don't stare. And I'm like, it's okay. And I'll tell them, look, I had some surgery because I didn't wear my sunscreen when I was little. And, you know, I don't, I don't mind that. Yeah. Cause you know, so many people think that, oh, I'm Italian or I'm African-American. I'm not going to get skin cancer. And that's just not right. simply, that's not yeah. true. Yeah. So. so this does offer you a platform. It's almost like you're wearing, like, let's just say like a, a sandwich board that says, you know, like, ask me why I'm wearing the mask because I've got a story to tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you ever feel like you don't want to go somewhere because you're wearing the mask or? Not necessarily because I'm wearing the mask. Just, well, I mean, sometimes because I'm ready to take the mask off. Yeah. You know, because like if we go out to dinner, I obviously take it off to eat. Yeah, to eat, yeah. You know, and I try to sit where people don't necessarily see my lip. Because um, mm. like I do have gauze on, but you can, if I tilt my head back, you can see up the gauze and what into what I call the black hole. Uh-huh. But, um, you know, so it's just, you know, sometimes I'm just tired. And- so all this is going on, you go through... Hurricane Michael, at the same time you find out that you may have to start medical treatments again for your cancer and you have to find a new place to live. Did your kids have to change schools? Um, no, they didn't. Um, ultimately, I ended up changing them to where I teach. Okay, but that's great. It wasn't until the end of the school year. So wow. that was just a, a personal preference. Having just past the one year anniversary of all this now, like, do you finally feel settled after the hurricane or do you, or do you feel like you have a lot of loose ends still? No, I feel pretty settled. I mean, um, we, even though we had to move, it was, it was fairly um, easy for us. We found a house right away. We got very lucky and I don't, I mean, I feel like we're, I feel like we, we are fine. We are no longer truly my family isn't is impacted by that's good we're not at a loss at any at any point now you know yeah no that's really great did you have a lot of help getting through this did you have friends and family that kind of supported you like and helped with your kids and helped you know keep your daily life moving forward when you when you maybe weren't available to do that as that this whole transition was taking place yeah I mean of course we you know we have family here that helped and you know close friends that or, you know, offer just to come get the kids during the summer and mm-hmm. take them anywhere they needed to go. And yeah. yeah. What do you think the biggest lesson that you've learned in the last year is? Oh, I don't take anything for granted. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, just with the hurricane and then, you know, uh, I was really lucky that I wasn't one of the teachers that were um, non-renewed for the year and had yeah. to find a job this summer. So I'm very thankful for that because I don't know what I would have done if I would have had to be on the job search also. Yeah. Yeah. That's really scary. Then your, then your whole livelihood goes into question. Do you have a lot of students that, um, have gone through this, obviously this hurricane that, that you feel like are emotionally affected by this? 
I know that they are, but a lot of them, the kids are so resilient. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they were ready to come back to school just because they were ready to see their friends again. Yeah. And a lot of them, because the ones that, a lot of the ones that were truly impacted where they didn't have a place to live, that sort of thing, they were gone. They're gone. Um, or they transferred to the beach and then they came back. I've got a couple of students that left, came back, and then I've got them again this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, uh, but a lot of them, they really didn't talk about it too much, even on the anniversary. Really? I was really kind of, we were prepared for, um, for some of the kids to have a hard time. You, they knew you were there. They knew that the, their ears were open and that there was a place for them to go. And yeah. that I love your message about skincare, you know, and it's really important to, for people not to take that lightly. And mm-hmm. sometimes you just think, oh, it's no big deal. I'm just going out to the beach. What's the big deal? But then all of a sudden, you know someone, and I've, I've known people you know, just spending their days on the golf course and just not thinking about it. And they end mm-hmm. up you know, very similar. I know the nose is a very, I've, I've heard the nose a lot is a very it's susceptible area or the head sometimes for mm-hmm. you know people whose skin are exposed on their head. Um, but I, I really would love for you to just like, you know, repeat your message about that and, and anything else you want to say about specifically that. Yeah. I mean, I just can't express how important sun protection is because whether it's your clothes, because your sun, your regular clothes are not SPF. They don't have any kind of sun protectant in them. Mm-hmm. You can buy clothes that will protect, you know, protect you from the sun that have an SPF. Um, or you can actually buy something that you can put in the washing machine. Interesting. Um, I haven't used that, but I know that it's out there and I've read about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but hats, even sunglasses, because the lighter your eyes are, the more likely... I don't I'll say like it puts you at a greater risk. Really? Um, yes. And, and there's a, such a thing as ocular melanoma. Well, I appreciate sharing that message specifically because that's um, sometimes when people are not exposed to that, they don't know that that's real. And, mm-hmm. and they might not know that the person walking around Publix with a mask is not sick and has some contagious virus. They're really just trying to protect themselves. And do you... It, do you kind of know, like, is, is being teacher your life's passion? Like, did you always know you wanted to be a teacher? No, no. It was when I was older. Yeah. I, I, I discovered that I really love history and reading. So mm-hmm. um, it just kind of developed into, into, well, I love history so much. I want everyone else. I think everyone else should love it. I think everyone yeah. else should want to learn it. So it kind of evolved. And I taught reading for the first seven years. It wasn't until after Hurricane Michael that I actually was able to teach history. Oh, wow. So, um, was that because of a vacancy? Someone else moved on and you had to fill in or? Yeah, because they moved because of the hurricane. Oh, wow. Okay. So kind of another silver lining there. Yes. So I took over all of their classes. Um, and so, I mean, that's like something good that happened for me, Yeah. you know, and, and I do love teaching. Um, it's not without its struggles. That's for sure. So, and then I guess that's where, you know, we talked briefly where I'm really into like true crime. Yeah. And so I like, 
let's say I'm watching something that has a historical aspect to it though. I'm constantly on like Googling, are these people real? I mean, I'm that guy that pushes pause to Google something. You know? That's cool. So is that why you're, that you and your friend have started this true crime po podcast? Yes. We both discovered that we really um, are just really into, into true crime. We know people, unfortunately, who have been murdered and are had really? things. Yes. And um, so we listen to this particular podcast and they actually do live shows. So we've gone to see them twice. Wow. And on our way back, my friend said, I really wanted to do a, a podcast. I'm like, me too. Yeah. So, <laughs> so fun. Said, well, let's do it. And so that's what we're doing. So what are you going to do in your podcast? Are you going to talk about real life cases that are happening and, and like what you find out about them or what's the premise of your podcast? Yes. Yeah, so um, on our first one, my friend actually used to live in St. Charles, Missouri. And it's about a, a girl who was murdered in, in St. Charles at the Lindenwood College. So she actually taught some of these kids that went to school with this girl. Wow. And so she knew a little bit about it. And so, and that was the first episode. And then like the next episode is going to be about a murder that actually took place here in Panama City. Oh my gosh. Um, how do you feel like other women perceive you? I mean, you mentioned that you have a strong personality. So is that something that you feel is, contributes to how other people perceive you? Yeah, I think that, um, I think that sometimes people might think that, I'm, that I am standoffish, but, or, I don't know, maybe abrasive, okay. but, uh, cause I am pretty straightforward. So that sometimes I feel like that other people might find that a little, I don't know. You don't sugarcoat things? No, no, not at all. My face, my voice, I might say something, but my face is going to give it away. Well, right. now, now I get to hide. What my face really looks like. I'm like, you really need to join a poker league right now. <laughs> right, exactly. Yes, I have your thing. I have a very expressive face. So even if I could actually say something with a semi-straight face, a voice, my face would definitely, like my heart is on my sleeve. Physically, my reactions cannot be hidden. So I can relate to that. Um, um, do you have any dreams of your own that you you know, obviously, aside from being a teacher, I know that you're also an independent business owner and a mom, but do you have any like big goals or dreams that you say like, you know what, if I could do this, if there was no, no obstacle in my way, this would be my dream accomplishment. Oh, wow. I think I have so many that, I don't know. That's a hard question. What are some of the things that you think of? Well, I mean, as much as I love teaching, don't get me wrong, but I would love to be able to, you know, be successful outside of the classroom, you know, whether it's the skincare mm -hmm. or even the podcast, yeah. you know, I mean, to, to, or, you know, cause if I could be home more and not, you know, I'm with someone else's children more than I'm with my own. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing with your teacher. My mom always called her, her students, her kids. And I'm mm -hmm. really mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, mean, I get it. I mean, but my kids teachers are probably with them more than, you know, mm -hmm. so. um, so I, you said your happy place is target. I love target. I actually hardly ever go there because it's so far away from me. I mean, I have to go to the other end of Destin or the other end of Panama City Beach to get there. So yes. It's probably life's actually, it's probably the only reason that I'm not homeless right now because <laughs> then I would spend all my money in Target. Oh, um, definitely. 
what, and this is like something that I just recently <laughs> thought of. I, I feel like maybe I might start giving this question ahead of time so you have time to think of it. And you can always get back to me on this. But I like to wear graphic t-shirts. This one says girl power. Mm-hmm. I'm, I enjoy it very much. Actually, it's like so old that I'm going to have to probably like retire it soon because it's getting all like ratty. <laughs> but um, if you were to wear a graphic t-shirt that described you and told people that see your t-shirt what you want them to know about you, what would it say? Hmm. Well, right now, I mean, I wear it all the time. It says, um, cancer mess with the wrong girl. So I, like that. I do wear that one all the time. I like graphic tees too. Like I had, um, I have two made for Halloween. Yeah. And, uh, one says, have you heard, I don't know what kind of music you listen to, but there's that oh. Lizzo. Yeah. Have yeah. Oh, I love, song? I love her. And yeah. It says, Truth this says, it says, um, just took a DNA test. I'm hundred percent that witch. I love it. For Halloween. So oh my God. <laughs> Your kids are going to love it. And then the other one says you could have had a bad witch. <laughs> Ooh, that's so cute. Well, did so, you make, did you have these made or did you find them somewhere? No, my friend, my friend made them. That's super cute. Is there anything else specifically that you would want to open up about, share about, um, you know, things that you think could help other women in our area feel less alone, less isolated? I don't know. I mean, I just, like I said, I just really, I think that people need to go to the dermatologist and take care of their skin. And if there's any doubt whatsoever, I have, you don't know how many people send me pictures. What do you think this is? I don't know. I'm not a dermatologist, but you need mm-hmm. to go to one. Like, always go, go, go. Don't be afraid to go. Don't be afraid to ask questions. And if you're not happy with what they've said, go to a different doctor. Yeah. Um, I just think that that's really important and mm-hmm. for people not to be afraid. Yeah. Because of what they might find out. Just because you don't know what it is and, it, you know, ignorance is bliss. It doesn't mean yeah. the more time goes on with something like that, the worse it can become, right? Uh, yeah. Ignorance can be very expensive. Um, <laughs> I have some fun. This is just like a weird little kind of like, would you rather, right? I'm going to say two okay. things. I'm going to, okay. um, it's a pretty short list of one, two, three, four, five, six, 13 things. I was like brainstorming about this because it's this kind of stuff I think about because I'm weird. Um, so I'll just say the two things, this or that, and you can say the first thing that comes to your mind, or you can say which thing you'd prefer, or you can say which thing you wouldn't prefer. Um, so really whatever, whatever you want to do. So the first one I have is cake or ice cream, ice cream, silver or gold, silver, Halloween or Christmas. Mm, I do love to dress up. But I love Christmas too. Ooh, that's a good one. I mean, that's, that's a tough a one. Yeah. One. Okay. Horse or bicycle? Ooh, I don't know. Um, I'll say bicycle. I don't. <laughs> I'd rather ride. I've never ridden a horse, but I think I feel like I'm in control of the bicycle, so I'm all about that. <laughs> yeah. Wine or cocktail? Lately, it's been wine. I found a new wine that I like. What's your favorite? Um, Well, I've never been a red fan, but my friend um, got me hooked on La Crema. That's good stuff. That is really good. Um, 
Tattoo or piercing? Tattoo. Hummingbird or pigeon? Hummingbird. Invasion of mice or invasion of bugs? Uh, mice, because I'll eat the bugs. Hey, good one. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, no TV or no internet? Oh. Well, if I don't have the internet, I don't have my TV. <laughs> same, same. I don't know. I'm gonna say I'm no. I'm gonna say no TV because with the internet you can get TV. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, no makeup or no shoes. No makeup. Like okay. I'd rather have shoes. Yeah, I agree. Truck driver or mail carrier? Uh, truck driver. Being asked to sing in front of a crowd of people or being asked to dance in front of a crowd of people? Dance. Good one. Mustard or mayo? Well, mayo. I'm with you, girl. I learned how to make my own mayo last year. It's the best thing that ever happened to me. I love mayonnaise so much, I'll never give it up. Mayonnaise for life. <laughs> well, that's all I have on that front. Um, you know, I, like I said, I could definitely go on. I really appreciate you being a part of this and, um, and sharing your story. I, I know there's probably more to tell. I mean, obviously you're, you know, you're a woman of, of experience. You've been through a lot in life and we probably hit the tip of the iceberg, but, um, I hope that, that you will definitely, you know, join me again and, and also join yeah. in the conversation, um, for MCOWO and, and just kind of spreading the positivity and the fact that we can all be connected with each other. We don't all have to be in the same group. We don't have to check the same boxes, but we all have exactly. something in common and we are all going through something that, that other people may not know anything about. So to be kind to each other and understanding and empathetic and just be nice. It's not Absolutely. hard. Absolutely. Yeah. It does. It it's not expensive to be nice so it's, it's free it is totally free yeah. so thank you very much cindy that is all You're we welcome. have for today all right well thank you for having me it was my pleasure thank you for listening to the mcobo podcast to learn more follow us on instagram and facebook at emerald coast women and visit us on the web at mcowo.com that's www.emcowo.com <laughs>